What do we expect for fantasy football and prop betting with the Texans, Ravens, and Packers 49ers in Saturday's divisional playoff slate? It's time to break it down right here and right now as we begin another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Iron. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL fantasy and betting for SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher at NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. All right, Michelle, we are now past the wildcard playoffs. We looked at the losers, so check out our analysis going forward, looking at what those teams are going to do in 2024. But we've got to move on. The team still... In the running for Super Bowl 58, we've got two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. This is really my favorite weekend of the season because you have great matchups, potential mini Super Bowls going on here to determine who's going to be the conference championship games and a lot of high-level offensive play as well for our fantasy purposes. So we'll get into that. We'll break down the Texans-Ravens game. That's the first matchup there on Saturday, then the nightcap. We'll be Packers at 49ers, and we'll do the same for the Sunday games on the next show. We have uh, two great matchups there as well, Bucks at Lions, then the big one, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, Bills Chiefs. So it should be a lot of fun there, and we'll uh, break down Saturday in depth for you, looking at uh, the props and things you want to consider, as well as give you a DFS lineup, an all-Saturday lineup, based on all that we've learned on today's show. So we'll get into that. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use the promo code Locked On to get $20 off your first order. That's Jace Medical, J-A-S-E Medical.com. All right, Michelle, let's dive right in. Okay, Texans, Ravens. Now, Let's set this up a little bit. The Ravens are nine and a half point favorites. Not a surprise. They're the number one seed. The Texans demolished the Browns, but this is a different story going on the road. CJ Stroud trying to become the first rookie quarterback to win a Super Bowl after a big performance there against the Browns. Now, can he do it again? The Ravens also a tough defense this time away from Houston. I don't think he's going to get it done. A second time, unfortunately. I mean, what we talked about before this Texans game last week, I was saying, like, the Browns defense not scary on the road. This is, and they weren't, right? The whole regular season, they allowed nearly 30 points per game on the road. And again, they stunk it up on the road against CJ Stroud. But then also Joe Flacco helped out a lot by throwing those interceptions and a pick six and all that. Like, that's not going to, I don't think Lamar Jackson's going to perform like Joe Flacco, although Lamar Jackson has had some serious struggles in the playoffs. We'll get to that shortly. But also this defense, A, they're just good everywhere, but also they get to play at home, right? So we don't have to worry about that. The noise, the crowd noise is going to only help this Ravens defense. And I think that's going to be too much for CJ Stroud to overcome. Looking at CJ Stroud's lines, his passing yards line is at 248.5. Passing touchdowns is at one and a half. Are you taking the over on either of those two? Yeah, this is going to be a grind, definitely, for the Texans. Uh, the one thing the Ravens actually struggle with, but teams cannot stick with it against them, is the 
running game. You can get good yards per carry on them, but the problem is the Ravens offense comes into play here where you can't just stick with the run and get it done that way. Now, it's tough when you just have Nico Collins, right? I mean, the other receivers have been involved, and they did a great job of opening it up for the other guys last week with a big play to Brevin Jordan, the second tight end. So they're going to do well. Bobby Slowick is going to try to find some things that are open, some holes in this Ravens defense, but the Ravens are also going to be prepared, right? They had an extra week here. They were on a bye. They have a very good pass rush featuring former Texans, Number one overall draft pick, Jadavion Clowney, yeah. career resurgence for him as a pass rusher. So they're going to get after it on the edge. They do have some issues. I know they have Laramie Tunsil on the left side, but they got hurt on the right side. So that door can be opened <laughs> to go after Stroud. So I think the pressure is going to be hard. The coverage is going to be tough. So I'm going to go with the unders if I'm going to go anywhere with 248.5 and 1.5. But how about Lamar Jackson? I mean, if you go back to week one, all the way back to week one, different teams. The Ravens didn't play all that well in terms of the numbers, right? Lamar struggled a little bit. They won with defense. They shut down the Texans, who were just getting used to C.J. Stroud and playing his first game. So, look, Lamar, however, has been hot down the stretch. Those type of games are more in the first half of the season. Let's look at his lines real quick. 1.5 is a passing touchdown. 221.5 is the passing yards. And the combined, this is an interesting one, 279.5. So you would add another 58 rushing yards to uh, his production in this game. So where are you feeling with Lamar Jackson in uh, this game? Yeah, I, I would feel his yardage line, especially his total yardage line at 279 and a half. He's hit that in three of his last four games, but also like I've talked about his struggles. We'll get there in a second, but his his yardage has been absolutely amazing in playoff games, right? Averages 316.8 total yards per game, third most in NFL history in the, in the playoffs behind only Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. So like, I feel good about him getting the yardage. It's just, we know a, that touchdowns, especially this year, we saw running backs take so many touchdowns away from him. So that's one worry, but also in his four playoff games, he has thrown three total touchdowns. That's it. He has yeah. three touchdowns, five interceptions over his four playoff games. So uh, I, I'm not feeling super comfortable that he's going to get two in this game. The Texans defense is actually played pretty well uh, as of late too down the stretch. So I think this is going to be a lower scoring game and I don't want to touch the touchdowns for either of these quarterbacks. Yeah. There's also potential of some running and Lamar stealing his own touchdown. Exactly. So that's the concern. And then you also have Gus Edwards is a pretty good finisher. And we've also seen on the other side, Devin Singletary is not bad in the red zone either when he gets an opportunity. So touchdowns, I'm just usually not interested because they can be so fickle. Now I am a little intrigued by that 279.5, I think, because I think Lamar's going to have to do a little bit more running in this game. They play a bit of a zone defense. It's kind of that 49er style of defense that Texans have. You can run on them, I think, in the middle of the field. So I I think there's going to be some opportunities there for Jackson, and maybe it's more old school Jackson, right? Using a little bit more legs, to set up the pass and uh, really kind of setting up the best overall performance for him. So I'm intrigued more by that 279.5 because I'm not sure exactly how the combination is going to work, right? But I think he's going to be very productive in this game. Now, let's look at the wide receivers in this one. Why don't we start with uh, the Ravens options? Now, it's really hard. Mark Andrews or Isaiah likely a tight end. We'll get into that in a moment because we're not 100% sure if Andrews can go. And if he goes, is he going to be fully effective? Or are they going to kind of save his 
reps get his feet wet and get him more involved in the conference championship game. So there's all kinds of factors there, right? But wide receivers, that might can make it interesting. So 48.5 is the receiving line for Zay Flowers. 33.5, either one of those interest you, Michelle. So they they did the OBJ line at the perfect spot, right? The 33.5. He's had fewer than 34 receiving yards in each of the last three games, fewer than 34 receiving yards in four of the last five games. Now we do know we've seen him come through in these big games, especially for the Rams. He wasn't doing pretty much anything for the Rams in the regular season. Came through with those bigger games in the postseason there when they went on their Super Bowl run. So maybe he comes down with that. But I think I feel better about, say, Flowers. He's been getting it done. Like, he's been Lamar's go-to yeah. guy. His targets are, have been way too random. I don't love that. Last four games, 10, 2, 13, 3. Like, why are they all over the place? But I will say at the same time, it's been 60, 72, 106 receiving yards. So I feel good about his line at 48 and a half, and I like the over there. Yeah, I'm – Feeling a little bit more comfortable with Oda Beckham generally because this Ravens team can spread it out. What if there's a scenario right with Andrews playing and then likely's in there? So that's my only concern. They spread it around pretty well. Maybe they'll involve get some other guys involved, including Rashad Bateman in this game. So I feel like it's going to be that type of matchup because it's going to be thrown underneath. And so I'm not exactly sure where we're going with the yardage. So if I'm going to go anywhere, I think I go with a lower number, right? 33.5, even though I trust flowers a little bit more to get the targets he needs. I also know Odell can get that on one play. Right. And then he's a little bit better of a straight up big play threat. I don't know flowers can stretch the field as well, but I think the coverage attention might be a little bit more on flowers than is in Beckham. So something to look at there, but yeah, those numbers again, I'm just, that's why they're low because they spread it around. You're not sure how much they're going to pass in this one, but I'm pretty sure the Texans are going to have to put the ball up in the air quite a bit in this one. So you have Nico Collins at 82.5, Don Schultz at 36.5. Now look, there's Brevin Jordan and these other guys that can make big plays, but I just don't trust how they're going to get the other guys involved. So really it comes down to Collins and Schultz. Yeah. Uh, Collins without Noah Brown too. Like Collins is less, this last man standing for the wide receivers yeah. right now. And he's going to have to get so many targets, but also like he, and we know this is number, this is Stroud's number one dude, right? The last five games they've played together in full. Collins has had 104, 191, 80, 195, and 96 receiving yards. His line right now is set at 82 and a half on FanDuel. I'm taking the over because he, if they have any chance in this game, uh, Nico Collins is going to have to have at least 83 receiving yards or they're going to get absolutely destroyed. Yeah, I mean, I do like it. I mean, I think he's going to get nice volume in this one. So I, I do think you have to go there. I mean, he's the go-to guy. He's getting the numbers there. And look, it's probably going to all funnel through him and it's going to be all the other guys by committee. And now I'm going to, I mentioned before about uh, Brevin Jordan, right? That makes me hold off a little bit, right? I don't know if Jordan's going to have another 75-yard touchdown. I doubt it. It's going to happen in this game. But when you look at it, look, he's still a threat, right? He's a guy that CJ Stroud threat or trusts a little bit over the field. So I can't go there. And again, it's kind of weird because it's the Schultz situation with Jordan. I think you feel the same with Andrews and Likely here would you agree, Michelle, that it's hard to do that and look at likely at all if Andrews plays and vice versa, maybe? I actually, if Mark Andrews plays, I'm hoping that brings down Isaiah Likely's line. Yeah. Uh, and then I can put some money on him because I really do. I, I think Likely has a solid game. I think he still plays more than Mark Andrews during this time while they bring him back slowly. So I still would like Isaiah Likely here. But to close out this conversation for this game, 
the the Ravens go into this game as nine and a half point favorites on FanDuel. If you had to place a wager on the Ravens covering that nine and a half or the Texans covering their nine and a half plus nine and a half, which which side are you going with? Yeah, I think it's a little too high for me. It's strangely, I think the Texans are going to stay in this game more so with offense, I think, a little bit more than we expect. I actually have a little higher scoring. I looked at it. I'm picking the Ravens 27-20, and it may seem to be a lot of points here, but I think I got a lot of confidence from the way the Texans schemed up offense that they'll make some plays, but 20 is also not crazy, right? It's a little bit of struggles. They're not going to go nuts like they did last week. It's going to be tough for the Ravens as well, but they're going to get those field goals that they need from Justin Tucker, and I think that's the difference. So I'm taking the Texans to cover within a touchdown, but I'm also taking the over of this one. I'm taking the Ravens to cover the nine and a half. I think it's going to be a, a beating for this. I think it's going to be really hard for CJ Stroud in this offense to do much against this Ravens defense. And at the end, the Ravens pull away and win by more than 10. All right. I think uh, that's fair. I mean, you can look at it either way. That's why they have that line, right? Anyway, <laughs> it should be an exciting game that uh, uh, let's just hope it's close, right? We had mostly blowouts except for that uh, Rams Lions game in the, first round uh, wild card so let's hope all these games are one possession games that's what we can hope for as well from the excitement standpoint before we get into our look at the packers 49ers it's time to hear from a couple of our sponsors all right this episode of locked on fantasy football is brought to you and sponsored by better help and look it's it's tough this time of year it's a new year we need to uh kind of a get back on track and the roadmap that we have for our life gets a little bit off track. Well, we know that it can also be affecting us if we're a sports fan. That's right. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest. Big or small, certain things can really start to get you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased in your life. So I really want to say something, Michelle. It is very tough sometimes playing fantasy football because it's really competitive. And look, it can consume us and just just dominate our time. But sometimes we need to just take a break from that and realize where it is in the big picture of things and just uh, kind of uh, figure out where we go in our life. Look, we might have a void without fantasy football, but there are other things that we know we can fill it with. So really, BetterHelp is going to help you with that as well, that you're going to, again, find joy in a lot of other things uh, at this time of year and uh, we might have some fantasy football withdrawal but again you need to look around you and see what's there and really appreciate that and therapy is going to help you that therapy can be different from everyone most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team and it's important to get things off your chest in a bigger way every once in a while if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try it's entirely online designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule visit betterhelp.com slash lockdown to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p betterhelp dot com slash lockdown to take advantage of that special offer. This episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football is also brought to you by Price Picks, and we will reveal our Price Picks Picks of the Week for the divisional playoff round here on Friday. So stay tuned for that. All you do is pick two to six players, and this is a lot of fun. It's really the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy sports. You just look at their projections and stat types available, and you just look at are the players going to go more or less? That's all you do. And you go for it, whether it's yards or touchdowns. And 
What I really like about Price Picks, they offer reboot policies so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players get injured. So that's great for football and basketball. If you have a player exits a game, verse half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So take advantage of that. Players and stat types and the wide selection they have is what makes Price Picks one of the most popular ways to play DFS and the most fun you can have playing DFS. Go to pricepick.com slash LockedOnNFL and use the code LockedOnNFL for first deposit match of $100. Check it out. Pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use the promo code LockedOnNFL for first deposit match of $100 and we'll help you play here on Friday's show. All right, Michelle, time to continue the show here. And uh, we went a little long in the first segment, but look, it's the playoffs. We don't have that many games here. This game, Packers 49ers, it's so juicy, right, in terms of the marquee value. We go from Packers Cowboys to Packers 49ers. We know how well the Packers played in the first round. The 49ers enter the fray here. Also nine point, nine and a half point favorites like the Ravens are at home. So let's start with it. Brock Purdy, Jordan Love, we talked about them in fantasy breaking out this season. How do you see it playing out for both of these guys in this game? Yeah, I really like the 49ers offense to have a big game here against the Packers defense. I know they stepped it up against the Cowboys in the first half, but then once the Cowboys got going, they were able to kind of do whatever they wanted. But I don't think the 49ers are going to start slow. And right now, Brock Purdy's line is sitting at 263 and a half passing yards. I absolutely love that for him. I'm smashing that over. He averages over uh, 309 passing yards per game at home this year. He has hit this over, that 263 and a half easily in all but two home games this season. One was a blowout against the Cowboys when Sam Darnold came in at the end because he didn't need to play the rest of the game. And the other was against the Ravens. That was also a blowout the opposite way. The Ravens are the number one pass defense in the league, completely opposite of the Packers. And he had 255 passing yards in that game. So he was eight away from that total he needed. I think he smashes that. I will say his one and a half passing touchdown line, they have him at minus 198 odds. So brutal payout there. So you're probably, if you want to put money on his passing touchdowns, you're going to have to do the alternate where he needs three passing touchdowns to win to make any money. You get plus 200 there. That's nice. And he has hit three-plus touchdowns in four of his last eight games, but that one's a much riskier uh, bet. Yeah, um, I do feel like I would go aggressive on Brock Party. He's been rested. He needed that rest, right? He got a little bit banged up in the second half of the season. And he's now had that extra week as well in week 18. So I think he'll be come out firing. He's great at home. So, yeah, I would go for it. It'd be aggressive. I would go feel good about 275 yards, right, passing. And then I would look at the three TDs for sure. And I think with Jordan Love, I think it's not as great with the odds 114, minus 114, I should say. But I think I would take the over on the passing TDs there. If Brock Purdy is going to throw for three TDs and the 49ers are going to put up a lot of points here, there's going to be room for Jordan Love to put up some garbage trolls like we saw Dak Prescott do, right, against the Packers on the other side. So I I, I feel like uh, this one, unlike the first one, I want to really get aggressive with the passing TDs. Yeah, I don't know if I love uh, Love's line, passing yards line. It's at 246 and a half. He should hit it with garbage time if there is garbage time, but I do feel safer with the one and a half passing touchdowns. He's averaged 2.2 in road games this year. He has two plus passing touchdowns of five straight games, also in nine of his last 10 games. And the 49ers defense is good, but they've allowed Carson Wentz, Lamar Jackson, and Drew Locke to all have two passing touchdowns 
against them at home when the 49ers at, at home over the last three home games. So I like Love's one and a half passing touchdown over as well. Looking at the 49ers receiving yard lines, right? There's so many options you can choose from. And that makes it really hard to choose which player is going to have the good game when it comes to receiving yards. So you have Debo Samuel sitting at 58 and a half receiving yards. Brandon Ayuk, 67 and a half. George Kittle, 51 and a half. And then Christian McCaffrey, 32 and a half. Out of these guys, who do you feel most confident about taking the over on? Yeah, I actually like Brandon Ayuk quite a bit at 67.5. I think he might have the best matchup. I mean, I know Jair Alexander's out there, but he's really struggled. And I think they'll try to contain Debo a little bit more, knowing the nature of this defense. So I like Ayuk at 67.5. I also love George Kittle because he has a great history of killing the Packers. It just happens game after game, stretching the field. He could get this on one. That's how dangerous he's been. Like he just flies past people and he's going to be motivated. You know, he loves playing Green Bay. So 51.5 for Kittle. So I'm going with those. McCaffrey, I'm just not sure that he's going to have to do much, right, in the receiving game. It's, if it's a blowout and the 49ers are in control and doing whatever they want offensively, that means he's going to get a lot of work in the rushing attack, and that that uh, could really limit CMC there. So I feel like the middle guys, Ayuk and Kittle, are the way to go. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you there. Ayuk, uh, just like Brock Purdy, right? If you have Brock Purdy averaging over 300 passing yards per game at home, the receivers are going to do better as well, right? But it definitely yeah. goes with Brandon Ayuk. He averages 105 receiving yards per game at home this year. Love that for him. He only needs 67 and a half. And then same thing with Kittle. His average almost doubles at home versus away, averaging 86.6 at home. CMC, yeah, he hasn't been used as much in the receiving game. Only hit that line of 32 and a half in two of his last seven games. So going to stay away from that as well. Moving on to the Packers receiving receivers, though. This is also crowded. It's different <laughs> than the 49ers because they're not all superstars. But it also is hard because you never know which one's going to get the target. So you have Romeo Dobbs, who had the big game in the wild card round. He's sitting at 37 and a half receiving yards. Jaden Reed, 41 and a half. He leads this group. Uh, Dontavian Wicks, 36 and a half, Christian Watson, 29 and a half, Tucker Craft, 25 and a half, and Luke Musgrave, 24 and a half. Long list there. But out of these guys, who, who do you think leads this pack in receiving yards this week? Yeah, this is a lot like that Raven situation, right? They could spread it around and they could use multiple tight ends and receivers downfield. But I'm going to feel best with Jane Reed, let's just be honest. Like he's their best receiver. You can work the pack, the 49ers in the middle of the field. They can struggle there. And then I would say a close second is Dante and Wicks because his number is a little lower. I think Wicks and Dubs is pretty much a toss up. I'm not doing Christian Watson. I just don't know how healthy he is. And I'm not going to the tight ends where now both these guys are involved again with Musgrave healthy. So yeah. I feel Jane Reed is where I'm going to go if I'm just being conservative about it and know that I'll come through. If I'm going to get a little aggressive, I think I'm going to go after Dante Reed Wicks. Yeah, I think I like Wicks because of that line being 36 yeah. and a half. You know, I would feel so good about Reed. His usage last week was weird, right? Zero yeah. receiving yards. Yeah. I don't want to be too scared of that. So I'm with you. I think you can bet the over on Jaden Reed. Some of these guys are going to have to get some yards to stay in this game against how good the 49ers are on offense. Going back to the run game, though, and let's talk about because all of a sudden, Aaron Jones has been killing it, right? And we know how amazing Christian McCaffrey is. Christian McCaffrey is coming off of that calf injury. I think he's going to be fine, but we haven't seen him since then. His line is sitting at 88 and a half rushing yards. Is that just an absolute smash 
for him. Yeah, my only concern is I saw this before, right? I, it was a game. I can't remember what it was, but he was right around there, and he had one run near the end that they brought him back in for to get over it. It was a kind of a blowout situation. They already had Elijah Mitchell, but McCaffrey came in and had like a five-yard run to push over his number. It was very similar to the city, 88.5. That said, I'm still going to take it, right? I mean, the Packers are in defense is not that good. Again, he can have a few long chunk runs here. So 88.5. I don't say I feel 100% comfortable about it, but you got to take that. You got to take his TD score at first TD score. Why not? He scores in every game. Most likely the 49ers are going to be there. So in the red zone. So 270, yeah, I think I'm going to, I mean, even Tony Pollard was able to score in the red zone on the Packers. So I feel, yeah, just go aggressive on McCaffrey. I mean, he's the best player on the field. I would do everything with McCaffrey except his receiving yards in this game. And, I think the one thing I would do, though, on the other side, I'm going to stay with stay away from Aaron Jones. I don't like him really? at 71.5. A little too high. I knew he's on a heater, but not against his 49ers run defense. The, the, that's the one area of weakness, though, for the 49ers. They've been struggling yeah. to stop the run. It's been, injured, though. Yeah, and they might still be. We'll see. If Eric yeah. Armstead can't go, I'm 100% smashing, smashing 71 and a half rushing yards yeah. for Aaron Jones. 127, 120, 111, 118. Those are his rushing numbers over the last four weeks. And if Eric Armstead can't go for the 49ers, you can run on the 49ers. Though if he plays and he's 100% healthy, it'll definitely be harder. But I still, they've been leaning on Aaron Jones. They've been winning. So why go away from that? Yeah. Unless they're getting smoked, then I guess that's the one way. Now, FanDuel and all sports books have this game as the highest scoring game of the weekend. They're sitting at 50 and a half points. Buying or selling that this will be a high scoring game. Do you like the over? And then the 49ers, this game is the same uh, spread as the other one. So the 49ers are nine and a half point favorites. Which way you go in there uh, with the spread? Yeah, it must be generous giving out points because I have this as the weird score of 38-22 and the 49ers winning. So there's a lot of points I have in this one. So that would put me at 60, well over this. So that's probably my favorite bet here, just taking the over in this game. There's just too much offense on the field and a few defensive holes on both teams. And then that would say the 49ers also cover that. Love it. So we're going to get in. Oh, wait, I didn't tell you mine. I was going to say we're going to get into our DFS lineup, but I'm taking the 49ers to cover. I think they win pretty easily. And I think the 49ers could score 40 points in this game, yeah. which means the Packers would only have to score, you know, 11 points. So I'm taking the over and the 49ers to cover the nine and a half. I love doing this. We've been doing it lately. We come up with our fan duel lineups. We're going to do the Saturday slate and, and run down each of our lineups here to end the show. But before we do that, let's hear from another one of our sponsors. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if my wife or my niece or my nephew or someone I loved, right, got, got sick and all during a supply chain issue that's keeping them from this life-saving medic medication that they needed. Hopefully we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial uh, illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinus infections, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. 
Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. That's J-A-S-E medical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. All right, so we're going to go through our lineup for just the Saturday slate. So we can only choose players that are from these two games that we just talked about, 49ers versus the Packers and Texans versus the Ravens. So which quarterback did you go with, Vinny? All right, I'll reveal my quarterback. And I did not go with Brock Purdy, but I did go with a quarterback from this game. I went with Jordan Love. He's the hot hand. He's going to have to throw for a high volume. I like this price, 7,400. So I'm starting right away with the Packers and uh, yeah, riding the guy that played really well and had the higher pass highest passer rating of all the quarterbacks last week. So I'm going with Brock Purdy. Cause I think the softest defense among these four right now are the Packers and we know they can get beat up. And I think Brock Purdy is going to get it done. So I'm going with him. And then to get right into my running backs here, I'm also going with Christian McCaffrey. So I'm doubling up here with the 49ers. I got both Purdy and CMC to cover all my bases here with the touchdowns. And then for my other running back, I had to go extremely cheap. Okay, Vinny, so don't make fun of me. Okay. I'm going with Dalvin Cook. And in case you guys don't know, he's now on the Ravens. And he's on the Ravens practice squad. But there is news reports that he should be brought up. They're not happy with the run game right now, and he could get some work in. So I'm going with Delvin Cook, and obviously I'll have to swap that out if he ends up not being promoted. All right. Well, I, I do have Chris McCaffrey as well, so we're even there. I have him as the top running back, so you know I'm going to have some cheapies later <laughs> when I build this roster, just like you did with Dalvin Cook. But my approach was I just took Elijah Mitchell. I took him. I know Jordan okay. Mason is there whatever, but if it's a blowout, I think you might see some Elijah Mitchell. If you remember last year, when they faced the Seahawks in the playoffs, what happened? It was diversifying the backfield, right? With McCaffrey and Mitchell, they were so far ahead that they got both guys involved. So I'm going to count on the 49ers blowout. And it doesn't always work, right? It used to work back in the day a lot more, but these games can be close unexpectedly. But I'm going to go McCaffrey-Mitchell. So that's how I'm, I'm going to own the 49ers backfield. Love it. Uh, go through your wide receivers. You got three wide receivers. Okay, I'm going Brandon Ayuk. So I'm adding more to the 49ers love. So uh, I'm not having Brock Purdy, but I'm having a lot of uh, pieces around Brock Purdy. And then I did stack Jordan Love with Jane Reed because why not? I mean, he's the guy that he's the go to. And look, they're going to get him more involved. He was zero last week because they didn't need him. This week, they're going to need him. They're going to have to pass a lot in this game. So I like him. And then, of course, if it's a weird. Big spot. I'm going to go with Odell Beckham Jr. That's where I go in these types of situations. Sometimes he comes through in big games, playoff prime time. Sometimes he doesn't, but he's maybe going to turn his light back on and say, hey, it's a playoffs. I remember playing well here. 5600 is his price as well, so very nice as well. Love it. So I went with Brandon Ayuk as well to go with my Brock Purdy. So that so I have Purdy, CMC, and Brandon Ayuk. I talked about how Ayuk averages over 100 yards per game at home. That just means Debo will probably score three rushing touchdowns yeah. uh, just <laughs> as my one option I don't have. But then I also went with Nico Collins because that's literally all the Texans have, and he should get so many targets. He might not be efficient on them, 
but I expect a ton of volume. And then I want a, uh, Dontavian Wicks for the Packers. Just need a big play from him, please. Uh, but I had to go cheaper there for my third guy. All right, I like that. Now, let, me, let me just get away get away with my flex here right now because I also have Dontavian Wicks. He's in the flex at 5,700, so I put him there. So I have a couple attachments to Jordan Love in this game. And then with my tight end, I hinted at him. I'm going to play George Kittle every time he plays the Packers. He just kills this team. I don't know, again, what it is. The Packers can have good coverage. It doesn't matter. They just cannot stop him. Maybe it's a whole like upper Midwest thing. I don't know. He's going to come out fired up. He's going to be healthy, well-rested from a couple weeks off. And he's going to go nuts. I think he gets a long touchdown on this one, 6,400. I'm taking it, and there's uncertainty about the other tight end. So that's where I have to go that way. Yeah, I do love your George Kittle pick. For my flex, I had to go with Rashad Bateman. I did want to get an OBJ, but I couldn't. He was a little bit more expensive. I couldn't fit him in. I tried. Uh, so I went with Bateman. He had a solid enough game the last time all the starters <laughs> played. That's like my only hope here. Maybe he comes through. I mean, he is a first-round wide receiver. Yeah. It wouldn't be the worst thing ever for you to step up in a playoff game. I'm not happy about this pick, but I had to go there and hopefully he'll get some targets. And then for my tight end, I could, like I said, George Kittle is great. I had to go cheaper, but I really like Isaiah likely. I don't, I I think he's still going to be super involved, even if Mark Andrews is back. And then if Mark Andrews isn't back, I feel like I just got to steal because we know the Texans are a really nice matchup for tight ends as well. So really like likely uh, there. And then for my defense to finish it off, I went with the Texans, which I do have, uh, two or yeah, three Ravens players. So not always the smartest build, but again, had to go on the cheaper side because I went with a lot of uh, expensive players and the Texans can come down with those big splash plays. Right. And that's what we love for defense with those fantasy points. Well, I do not have any Texans in any of my spots. I'm not having a Texan here. It's, I'm going to go with the whole Ravens defense. So if I, I'm doing the correlation there as well. Now, I could have gone 49ers maybe, but I have Jordan Love. So I think I definitely, based on the to- total, I mean, this is why I went heavy on that game, right? The only pieces of this first game I have are Odo Beckham Jr. and the Ravens. So I just think I want to invest – all this, it's kind of a super stack onslaught with this particular game. But I just want to stay away from a lot of the offensive assets that are the primary ones. I just don't know what I'm going to get. So I'm taking the Ravens. They're at home. They're playmaking defense. They have the best matchup here. I mean, it's really hard to score points in the Packers as well who protect the ball. So I had to go with the Ravens. Love it. Yeah, I feel like you're. it's going to come down to Brock Purdy versus Jordan Love here. For yeah, us. probably. Because we we were able to get in the Iukes and the Christian McCaffrey. I also paid up for Nico Collins. Uh, so a little bit of advantage there if he does what we think. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to Brock Purdy and Jordan Love who uh, wins this matchup. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I've won some money. I yeah. mean, it's some decent money in the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, it was good with the lineups. Uh, we had some people come through. I had Kareem Hunt. I think you had a yep. couple of people that really did well. So look, this is fun. That's why we like to play it. It's almost easier than playing regular season DFS, I think, because less games, less people to track, keep track of uh, matchups you can zero in on. So there's your breakdown of your Saturday slate, Texans, Ravens, Packers, 49ers. We'll come back tomorrow with a look at Bucks, Lions and Chiefs, Bills. Those games could also be high scoring great for fantasy as well. So we'll also give you a Sunday DFS lineup slate. So a lot of fun, On this show, we'll have a lot of fun on the next show. For Locked on Fantasy Football, this has been Vidi Iyer.
And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all.